welcome back to the Mainstream Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Merle, and with me always, my co-host, Larry. How's it going, guys? Man, we are finally set up in our new studio. Man, I'm digging this new setup. I like <laughs> it. It's been a long time to get to this point. Yeah, it's still not completely done, but we're in it, and the equipment's working. Got all new mics and whole new setup, man. I mean, this is awesome. We're uh, we're still working on getting a video feed, but that that'll come a little later after we get everything done. Yeah, first video podcast. That's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Today we didn't do a whole lot of intro. We're just kind of jump into it. Um, this um, this episode, we're going to do uh, what we call in the industry um, a famous cryptid. Yep. Or a cryptozoological creature. And the one I'm talking about today, most people call it um, Bigfoot. The most famous one of all. Could call it Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Depending on where you're at in the world. Yeah, we... We've got uh, several of them to talk about. The different types and uh, sightings and history on some of these. And some of them from different parts of the world. But uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, The Bigfoot is considered an ape creature. And they're married... Mm -hmm. There are many stories of these eight creatures found throughout the world um, in both uh, mythology and um, even modern day sightings. Yep. Um, A creature fitting the description to this day has not been captured and studied. So researchers are still looking for all this physical evidence. Um, And when they say... You know, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, when they say physical evidence, they're talking hair, DNA, an actual body instead right. of like photos and also footprints. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean they they've had cast you know a footprint. Right. And, some that's but, been proved to be real. Some's proved to be hoax. Right. So. Um. But yeah going on with that you know a lot of these reports proven to be hoaxes I guess I'm saying that right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, a lot of them uh, passed down from the different tribes Uh, but it seems like they they don't want to interact with humans that's why we're you're not getting that's why there's not a lot of good photos right. and stuff out there well even the the Native Americans have that have named uh, Sasquatch have all said that he's not a very social creature likes being on its own doesn't like to be interactive with 
So they've always said, look, this portion of the woods, you don't go. So that's even in their own folklore that this creature is not the most pleasant thing to be around. Right. And going on with some of that, as far as trying to keep people out of the woods and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, in some of the, especially the down like in Louisiana, the Cajun. Yeah area it's um, considered to be a shape shifter I didn't know that yeah huh. which we'll talk about a little bit later see I just learned something <laughs> I, I learned about that doing the, the research doing the for, this, for this podcast but um, uh, yeah Big, Bigfoot you know is the most well known also known as Sasquatch Sorry, I'm kind of getting a drink here. Is uh, it's a figure in North American folklore. It inhabits remote forests, mainly in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Some up in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, of course, up into Canada. Yeah. Uh, the Lakota Indians of Wisconsin, they know the creature. Wow, that's a hard one. Are you going to be able to pronounce that? Chiatanka, which means big elder brother. Actually, that's, uh, yeah, okay. I was going to say. Did I pronounce it right? Tonka. Yeah. Tonka. Yeah. I got a little bit of Native American. I can name some things. But uh, Bigfoot is usually described uh, as a large, hairy, um, bipedal, meaning it walks on two feet. On two feet, yeah. Which is different from a lot of the big apes. Yep. Um, and may believe that uh, this animal is its close relatives may be found around the world, such as like the Yeti of Tibet, Nepal, and the Yowie of yeah. Australia. You know, uh, some scientists or cryptologists actually think that Bigfoot could be and I know it's like a stretch but could be gigantic pithecus which was like a 10 foot ape that used to roam around but they're not sure okay let's um, see <clears throat> various descriptions have uh, that they've received with little support uh it's generally described as a large, hairy, light ape creature ranging anywhere from 6 to 10 feet tall, wearing close to about 500 pounds, maybe give or take, and covered with dark brown or dark reddish hair. Um, large eyes, pronounced brow ridge, uh, conical-shaped head, low-set forehead, um, you know, uh, Kind of the, kind of, if you picture like a gorilla mm-hmm. nowadays, 
and just stand them up straight, that's what they're saying a Bigfoot looks like. Kind of give you more of a, a visual. Human, a human stands, yeah. but a gorilla. Gorilla type frame, just massive creature. Um, supposed to have a uh, strong, unpleasant smell. Uh, of course, you know, large footprints, uh, anywhere from 24 inches long to 8 inches wide. Five toes. Uh, uh, let's see here. Some people say they are pack creatures or they, if there's more than one, you know, they have their own little uh, community. Community. Right. Uh, of course, you know, that's just speculation on that. Uh, let's see here. Some of the tracks that people have found on trees and stuff had like claw marks that, you know, people can't make, but there's been like four, not like a bear claw. Mm-hmm. But right. like something just pulling chunks of wood. Um, but there's so many uh, descriptions and folklore passed down by the Native Americans of this thing that, and it's just it's crazy. Huh. <clears throat> Uh, I guess a little history on it. Um, they also considered um, the Native Americans the, like Bigfoot. They call them wild men. Mm-hmm. It says um, wild men stories um, of the indigenous population of the Pacific Northwest. Um, legends exist prior to a single name getting little knocks and stuff. Maybe we got a Bigfoot. <laughs> they um, they differ in details. Um, I don't know if I can even read that word. Yeah, I, I don't even think I would try. <laughs> Alright, well, we'll jump down. 1847 um a man by the name of Paul Kane reported stories by the native people about Skookums. Skookums. A race of cannibalistic wild men living in the peak of Mount St. Helens. Skookums appeared to have been regarded as supernatural rather than natural. Let's see, you've got less menacing version such as the one recorded by Reverend just say Walker yeah Reverend Walker in 1840 Protestant missionary uh, Reverend Walker recorded stories of giants among native people living in Spokane Washington there you go Um, the Indians claimed that these giants lived on and 
and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from fishermen's nets. I wonder um, if they were just trying not to say, hey, bears got our fish. Yeah. Um, local legends were combined together with, uh, by J.W. Burns in a series of uh, Canadian newspaper articles in the 20s. Each language had its own name for local version. But many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man. Although other names described common actions it was said to perform. Uh, <clears throat> a guy named Burns, the same guy, J.W. Burns, coined the term Sasquatch, in which he used his article to describe a hypothetical single type of creature reflected in the various stories. So all he did was take all these stories of wild man, etc. And he just said, eh, Sasquatch. Um, Burns's articles were popularized by both the legal and its new name, making it well known in Western Canada before it gained popularity in the United States. Um, in 51, Eric Shipton had photographed what he described as a Yeti footprint. Uh, let's see here. Generally considerable attention of the story of the Yeti entered into popular consonants. Uh, and I mean, the list just goes on and on. Um, prominent reported sightings about it. Um, it's like you got 1924 Fred Beck claimed that he and four other miners were attacked one night in July of 24 by several ape men throwing rocks at their cabin in an area later called Ape Can Canyon Washington Beck said the miner Miners shot and possibly killed at least one of the creatures, precipitating an attack on their cabin, during which the creatures bombarded the cabin with rocks and tried to break in. The supposed incident was widely reported. Beck wrote a book about the alleged event in 1967, in which he argued that the creatures were mythical beings from another dimension. Claiming that he had experienced psychic premonitions and visions his entire life, of which the eight men were only one component. Yeah, and it also says that there are also local rumors that pranksters harassed the men and planted fake uh, footprints. Uh, 1958. Bulldozer operator Jerry Crew took a newspaper office, a uh, cast of one of the enormous footprints he had, and other workers had seen an isolated work site at Bluff Creek, California. The crew was overseen by Wilbur L. Wallace, brother of Raymond L. Wallace. After Ray Wallace's death, his children came forward with a pair of 16-inch wooden feet. So that right there has to tell you that those were faked. Um, uh, 
uh, Robert, uh, the Roger Patterson and uh, Robert Gimlin film reported that on October 20th they had captured a, a Sasquatch on the at on film at Bluff Creek. This came to be known as the Patterson Gimli film. Many years later, Bob Hermonis, uh, acquaintance of Patterson, said that he had worn an ape costume for the making of the film. Now, I have something to say about this. All right. There has been a lot of people that have broken down that particular footage. Right. And when I say broke that down, they broke that thing down um, frame by frame. They've analyzed every inch of that film. And they have, some people, some of those people have said there is no way somebody could have faked that due to the gait of the way the creature was walking mm-hmm. because it was walking with its knees inward slightly and then when it moved you could actually see the muscle tone in its legs flexing like in the thigh right, muscle and all you that. wouldn't get with a costume right so they're thinking maybe this guy um, was ticked off at Patterson and Gimli and has been trying to discredit them because he wanted credit. Right. So. See, on September 16, 2007, Hunter Rickard, Hunter, a hunter by the name of Rick Jacobs captured an image of a supposed Sasquatch by using an automatically triggered camera, a game cam, uh, attached to a tree, prompting a spokesperson for the Pennsylvania Game Commission to say that it was likely an image of a bear with a severe case of mange. Yep. The photo was taken near the town of Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. In the Allegheny National Forest. Okay. We got some proposed ex- explanation for the sightings. Um, a lot of them were already introduced in yeah. the other stuff. All these different hoaxes. And Scientific community. It looks like next thing we want to talk about is 1970, what was it, in the 70s? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Said the U.S. government released Bigfoot FBI file. It contains a few news clippings and formal letters to and from a monster hunter in the 1970s leading to an examination of 15 hairs and some skin that the hunter believed came from the Bigfoot. It appears that Peter Byrne, the monster hunter, first wrote to the FBI August 26, 1976. 
his note printed on it doesn't really matter but fancy letter letterhead reading the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition suggests that the FBI was in possession of flesh and hair belonging to a mysterious creature, possibly belonging to a Bigfoot. Gentlemen, Byrne wrote, will you gl- kindly, will you kindly, to set the record straight once and for all, inform us if the FBI has examined hair, which might be that of a Bigfoot. When this took place, if it did, if it did take place, what were the results of the analysis? And we really don't have any information whether they did or didn't. Right. Um, the uh, the fact that there are so many sightings just in the United States, ranging anywhere from California. All the way over to Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia. And it seems like if you if you actually look at it, anywhere there's heavily wooded areas, that's where all the sightings are. Right. And, you know, yeah, some of them have been reported on back roads and et cetera. But there's too many sightings of, and yeah, some of them could be faked, but there's too many, like, um, cell phones out in this world now. People have caught, what was it, down in Florida, where that guy caught the uh, video of it playing in the field when he pulled over on the side of the road, and then other people started watching, and they couldn't tell what it was either. Even they were asked. And this guy caught a a video of this thing playing out in the middle of a field. And um, other people have been hunting and had, like, the presence of something watching them. Uh, And then um, we've watched footage of the the hunter from here in Mississippi. Yeah. He's asking for help um, because he took a picture on his own property of some creature. Well, he took, a, took a video. Yeah. Um, of some creature up against a tree. And it and was it was a hairy type creature. And, I mean, even, like, a lot of the comments said that, yeah, this couldn't have been somebody dressed up in a costume because it was literally ripping parts of the tree off and yeah. throwing it. I mean, I, I saw that. Yeah. And you could actually hear... The, the rip. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not like branches breaking. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't up close to the, his camera either. You could hear it, a distant snap as it was breaking all this. Um, we, we live in Mississippi doing this podcast, and we've heard stories in our areas of hunters that, you know, like uh, Tippa County. Uh, hey, we're uh, we're gonna take a quick pause real quick. Hey, we're back. Sorry about that. Had a little um, little situation we had to take care of. Just a little technical issue. All right. Um, let Larry get back to the store. Um, I was talking about Tippa County. There's a story about Booger Bottom. 
in Tippecanoe County where a lot of people won't go as far as hunting, but they'll go to try to call up the, the creature of Booger Bottom. And what it is is there is a song about um, won't be cutting wood in Booger Bottom anymore. And the story is that um, a guy and his son went out into the woods. They were cutting up firewood, and his dad happened to look up, and there was a creature standing behind his son. So he ran over, grabbed his son, high-tailed it out, and they he wrote a song about it. And even to this day, there's stories about um, some kind of a weird creature being in Tip County Bottom called, you know, Booger Bottom. And when you go hunt there, you actually have a feeling like something's watching you. Um, you just have that creepy kind of feeling come over you. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Tippa County's, you know, it's maybe 45 minutes from our studio. Yeah. So, I mean, this thing is pretty close to us. And didn't you say that you read something about a uh, sighting near Tishomingo? There, there have been sightings of Tishomingo County, which is where our studio is actually located, um, up near the Tishomingo State Park. Yeah. Um, it, it's usually the, the same thing. People are on a truck, one of the walking trails. Because there are trails all over that park. And it's usually when they get down by the creek, which is Bear Creek. Mm-hmm. Runs through Tishomingo State Park. And um, there have been several people said they've seen, you know, a seven, eight foot tall creature. Couldn't explain it, uh, what it was. They just said it was seven to eight feet tall. Um, kind of a brownish gray uh, hair mm-hmm. um, and that they, they can never get like a full uh, glimpse of it okay it's just a quick because it was usually um, moving back into the woods like it knew they were there so right it was trying to head out and it must have took big strides because it's gone so quick jeez and I mean, you know, a seven-foot creature, it's gonna have, it's gotta have a big yeah, step. Yeah, big gate. But I mean, that that's that's usually what you hear about around okay. here. Okay. Now on on with our um, the rest of our information here. Um, we're gonna go ahead and start with. Uh, I guess it'd be a relative of. Bigfoot. I'd say cousin. Cousin? Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to go with uh, the Yeti. It's uh, the Tibetan name for the abominable snowman. Yep. Uh, said to be a human-like monster whose tracks have been discovered in the frigid lands of snow in the Himalayan region of India, Nepal, and Tibet. Uh, the Yeti is but one of several unidentified creatures that inhabit the highlands of southern Asia. Um, several sightings, mainly of footprints, have been reported by Western explorers throughout the years. 
and they say that the reason why you don't hear a lot about the uh, the Yeti anymore is a lot of people don't have or the villagers no need have to climb the mountains anymore like they used to right a lot of them are starting to move towards the cities yeah so it looks like um, the first mention of the Yeti was 1832 B.H. is it Hodson yeah the from the UK is representative in Nepal uh, described a creature who reportedly had attacked his servants. The natives called this called the beast Rakshas, which means demon. This was the first report of the Yeti. Um, and you had another report in 1889. This from a British Army Major, L.A. Waddle, Waddell, Waddell, found he found what he took to be large footprints in the snow on a high peak northeast of Sakin. Says his bearers bearers told him that those were the tracks of a man-like creature called the Yeti, and that it was quite likely to attack humans and carry them away as food. So it's carnivorous. Yeah. I mean, it goes all the way from 1832, and you got some in 1920s, 40s, 40s, um, 50s. And the most recent one was uh, 1998. Uh, <clears throat> American climber Craig Kalanaka on Mount Everest reported seeing a pair of Yetis while climbing down the mountain on its Chinese side. Uh, both had thick, shiny black fur, he said, and walked upright. So this kind of takes takes away from, you know, all the picture, well, like drawings and stuff of the Yeti, where people have it as a white creature and from one of the pictures that we've seen it looked like it had black fur yeah that, but you, like you said you've seen a pair of them so that means they do move in clans yeah clans okay next is going to be uh, Bigfoot's Canadian counterpart Sasquatch, which means hairy man, um, has been allegedly sighted for centuries. Descriptions vary uh, from being a creature at least eight feet tall, with long, powerful arms, thick hair, and a foul smell, to being a semi-clothed, tool-carrying hominid, supposedly of man height. Sounds like a man to me. Yeah. <laughs> the other names, which is it's known by, depend on what part of the North American region uh, you're in, could be Lulatak, which is Alaskan, Grassman from Ohio, Momo from Missouri, Oma, California, Old Yellowtop, Ontario, 
Skunk Ape, Florida, Wendigo, Quebec, Woods Devil, New Hampshire, <laughs> Wookie from Louisiana, and Nookluk, Nakini, Nakani, sorry, uh, Northwest Territories, or simply the Bushman. Now the next one, <clears throat> I actually have a, I have a problem with this name for this creature, because Wendigo. Normally, when you hear the name Wendigo, you think of something really sinister, something that's very aggressive. Right. And that's what we've always been taught. So see, we've been taught, you know, Wendigo. You know, it can mimic people's voices right. and stuff. It's like a shapeshifter and all that. Right. Um, it's a huge, mysterious, human-like creature allegedly living in the forest of Quebec. According to Indian, Indian uh, legends, the creature goes naked in the bush and eats Indians and makes a sinister hissing noise, often accompanied by fearful howls to strike terror in the hearts of anyone who hears it. And, like I said, the Wendigo from Native American lore is it's a shapeshifter it still souls right it is just I don't see how they can compare that to the Sasquatch because it's on two different levels normally a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot when you hear stories of it it's doesn't want to be around people it tries to scare people off by throwing rocks stumps whatever near Bane them on trees, that kind of Bane stuff. on trees etc just trying to scare people out of its area right but the Wendigo is just the opposite this thing will come at you so I don't see how they're compared in the same yeah, same category I don't either but however this creature does fall in the category it's the Florida Skunk Ape yep Supposedly seven foot tall grill like creature said to resemble the legendary abominable snowman. Uh, witnesses in the Florida Everglades have claimed to have spotted the red haired Bigfoot, known locally as the skunk ape because of its appalling smell. Uh, National Park Service uh, dismisses the stories as a hoax, but American tribes that live in the swamp insist it's real. So, I mean, it's like, you know, you got the Seminole Indians down there and mm-hmm. all the other different tribes. Yep. And for the National Park Service to sit there and say all this is a hoax, when you have all these Native Americans with all the same stories and everything and all these sightings, I don't know if they're trying to keep people from not being scared so they can still go out into the wild enjoy nature and all that while right. knowing something's out there there's no time the next one <clears throat> is one from Australia which is called the Yowie um, it, it also goes by some other names which is uh, Yozer uh, I'm sure that's an Aboriginal name. Uh, Tangira, Yaho, uh, what would you say? Koyo Oren, 
Possibly. And that's all from Southern Australia. Jembra, Jengera, uh, can't even pronounce Tura that. Yeah, Tura Muli, and Lo An, Western Australia. Yeti, another cousin of the Bigfoot, this time from Australia, reports of a Sasquatch-like creature, also numerous throughout Australia. Um, ever since the European settlers first went to the continent. Um, Yowie signs were made by the Aborigines and remembered in their folklore. Now, keep in mind that rabbit, the, <clears throat> I can't talk now, the Aborigines can have a very strong oral history. Right, yes. So... I mean, they can trace everything back to a certain part. So for them to sit there and say, this scene is real, then that's, yeah, you got to take them for the word. Right. <laughs> Another earlier name for the creature is Yahoo. Which we've heard uh, in... I heard one. that growing up. Right. They have one in South Carolina, South Carolina, North, North Carolina. Carolina. One of the Carolinas, if not both, it's called the Yahoo. The Yahoo, and it makes a, a Yahoo sound. Apparently. Yeah, it it sounds. I know a lot of people out here, out there listening to our podcast, have heard um, the sounds of Bigfoot yelling. The <laughs> yeah, that's the sound. But as I was growing up, my grandfather would always tell me that, you know, I need to be good, I need to behave, or the Yahoo would come get me out from the bottom. And I didn't know what he was talking about until later. And that's when I realized he was talking about Bigfoot. Yeah, I never got threatened with Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> uh. But the Yahoo, uh, some accounts was uh, the Aborigine term meaning devil or evil spirit. Uh, sightings of Yowie take place mostly in south and central coastal regions of New South Wales. Queensland Gold and Queensland's Gold Coast. Uh, the Blue Mountain area um, west of Sydney is home to more than 3,200 historical sightings. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. In December 1979, a local couple um, ventured into the region for a quiet picnic. Suddenly, they came across the carcass of a mutilated kangaroo. Moreover, the, said the couple, the apparent perpetrator was only four feet away. They described a creature at least ten feet tall, covered with hair, that stopped to stare back at him before finally disappearing into the, the brush. Well, did you also know that Jonathan Swift, uh, the guy that did uh, Gulliver's Travels books in 1726, he actually mentioned in his books a subhuman race named the Yahoos. Huh. So, 
been a long time since I yeah. read that one. Let's see, we got uh, the Brazilian Bigfoot known as the Mapinguri. Mm hmm. Uh, it's described as a tall, black furred hominid, usually seen in the jungles along the Rio Araguaia. Yeah. A large river in Brazil's state of Mato Grosso. Grosso do, do, Sol. do Sol. Man, I can't pronounce some of these words now. <laughs> uh, Ape like creatures have been reported in many areas of Brazil for over 200 years. But it seems that the central area of this immense and diversified country is the hot spot for them. Uh, let's see here. Other reports from South America describe the Macagiri as a large, foul-smelling nocturnal creamer, which is standard with all the Bigfoot. Right. Smelly. Um, well, I mean, you know, yeah. you don't get to take a bath, you know, yeah. all that hair, you don't smell. Oh, yeah. Covered in rare hair with a frightful screaming cry. These other versions of the legendary creature is supposedly a strict vegetarian with feet that are turned backwards and claws capable of ripping apart palm trees it feeds on. So that's a different twist on it right there. Right. But, you know, for 200 years? Yeah. Now, the, there's a there's one here that I'm, I'm kind of worried about. Okay. Uh, it says, according to an old Indian... Uh, Rubber tree worker? Yeah. A local mixed-race people legends. The Mapangori was a man whose hubris led him to seek immortality... And who is now relegated to wander the forest forever as a stinking, shaggy, one-eyed beast, 15 feet tall, and with hair so thick it makes it invulnerable to bullets, swords, <coughs> knives, arrows, and spears. Apparently, the creature loves tobacco and twists off the upper skulls of the human human victims so as to suck up their gray matter. Yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't either. Because, you know... I mean, no, uh, we have never seen any other report above a 15-foot creature. No. That Nor have we heard anything about any... about killing anybody. Right. They're always trying to ward them off. Right. Other than what they consider the Wendigo. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, all of the other accounts of this... Uh, this creature, there's nothing mentioned about no. attacking. Okay, you've got uh, another South Amer American Bigfoot known as uh, Maricoxy. Yeah, Maricoxy. Ape like creatures have been reported in many areas of South America. They go by different names depending on the region. Uh, you got the Aluxes, the Groazis, and the Goryazis, which means uh, dwarf-like man-faced animals. The Aguapans and the Vestices. 
evil man-like beasts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of names we can't names. pronounce. Yeah. Uh, since the arrival of the Portuguese and Spanish in South America, a steady stream of reports about beast, beastal and dangerous subhumans have filtered out of the hinterland. None is more compelling than the one of Colonel P.H. Fawcett, made world famous by his dramatic and still unexplained disappearances with his eldest son in the area. The colonel's diaries were preserved up to his last fatal expedition and published by his son, Brian Fawcett, mm -hmm. under the title, Lost Trails, Lost Cities. Now, is this the same guy? Sorry about that. Now, is this the same guy that did the Lost City of Z? Um, not sure. Because he came up missing. And maybe we may need to look into that. All right. Um, it, uh, in the book, it, uh, the colonel describes an encounter in 1914 with a group of enormous hairy savages that although looked very primitive, were carrying bows and arrows. Apparently these wild men could not speak but just grunt and upon arriving their, arriving their village, the colonel and his group were on the verge of being attacked, barely avoiding capture or death by firing their guns into the ground at the ape man's feet. It was Fawcett. The story of, uh, and I know everybody's seen it, the uh, Lost Story of Z. Um, it was about the same guy, uh, Colonel Fawcett. So, yeah. Okay. Now, see, the year in this picture of him, if you actually compare that picture to a picture of gigantic Pithecus, uh -huh. which is what they say, Bigfoot or could be they look identical yeah and the urine is uh, it's a mysterious creature half human half ape that allegedly lived in the remote forest of central and s southern China um, the creature said to stand an average of six feet six and a half feet tall and be covered in thick brown and red hair. Yeah, that picture does look exactly like this thing. Yeah. Um, it is bipedal and has a hefty abdominal region as well as ape-like muzzle, large ears, eyes like that of a human, leaving behind large footprints up to 16 inches long with five toes. Four small toes held together and a large toe that points outward. So, almost like our toes. Almost. The toes are almost like that of an ape when they walk. That one, right, it's kind of like right. your hand. Right. You know how your, thing, your, your thumbs come further out? Right. So it's almost like that. Okay. Some of these I just don't, <clears throat> I don't see how they make it in the list. Yeah, the Almas, uh, the, also Almasty or 
and albacity. Strange ape-like creatures allegedly resembling Neanderthal man. They reportedly live in um, Caucasus. The Caucasus. Caucasus. Mountains in the Republic of Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan Central Asia. Yep. Um, they're well known by local people who tell numerous stories of an apparent familiarity between humans and these creatures. Eyewitness accounts date back hundreds of years. Describe almost communicating with humans by means of gestures. There were even stories of almost borrowing food for trinkets. Alright. See, this is the problem I have with it right here. Um, the adult ones have been described at least five feet tall. But if they were like resembling Neanderthal, mm -hmm. that would that would almost make sense. But Neanderthal and Sasquatch, there's a huge height difference. Right. Huge. I mean, four feet difference. Neanderthal five feet. Sasquatch nine feet to ten feet tall. Yeah. I just don't. That's my own personal. I mean, timeline on these things got 1420. Looks like yep. um, all the way to 1985. 1985 was the last documented. Um, you got the Mite. Mite. Is that how you think you pronounce that? Mite? Close enough, yeah. Let's see. The Mite, uh, it's another Himalayan name for Yeti. Uh, the Mite man beast is a type of Yeti supposedly proportionate. Portion more like a hairy, hairy, heavyset man. So I don't know if I consider that into the. Uh, that sounds more like an ape. Yeah. Because, uh, the Chimiset. So where is this one from? Africa. Uh, it's considered. It is considered by some to be Africa's Bigfoot. Uh, reports of the creature are numerous in the Dark Continent, specifically, specifically in East Central Kenya. It is described as being as large as a man, long reddish to yellow hair, short broad tail, sometimes going on four legs. See, there you go. Yep. Sounds more like an ape than... Yeah, because being Bigfoot doesn't. No, Bigfoot does not ever. Four legs. No. The uh, I don't even know how to come close to spell pronounce uh, this one. This is uh, Siberia's version of Bigfoot, and I'll spell it for you. C h u c h u n a a. Um, which represents to outcasts or fugitives, was reported by a branch of Soviet Academy of Sciences recently as 1950s in the barely cold and forbidden region of northeast Siberia. We speculated that they might represent the last surviving re remnants of paleo 
Azotistic Aborigines. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that retreated to the upper reaches of the Yana and Indigurka rivers. Uh, these people are said to have extremely limited range of oral sound. This may have been genetic mutation, or is an indication of the people's Neanderthal origin. Um, it's described as being very tall with a protruding brow and long matted hair, usually sporting some type of animal skin covering. Uh, locals swear he is a man-eater. Recent reports suggest that they have withdrawn to even more remote areas away from encroaching civilization. See, that that goes back to what Bigfoot, they're trying to stay away from people. Yeah. So that, I mean, it does say it's possible man-eater, you know. But I mean, it, we know that Bigfoot's carnivore. Right. But it trying to get away from mm-hmm. encroaching civilizations. Um, they did mention Neanderthal origin, origin which would also... The animal skin covering, right, with the long hair. That's where that. So that shows intelligence, right? Uh, as you know, trying to stay warm and all that. Unlike Bigfoot, who never, you never hear reports of him wearing anything as clothing, right? But you have a difference between Siberia, yeah, and Pacific Northwest, exactly. Or even Appalachian Mountains, Florida, all these different. It's a lot warmer here than it is in Siberia. Well, look at Himalayas. The Yeti never wears animal skins. True. So, that, I mean, that could be the quote-unquote missing link versus Sasquatch. Yeah, it could be. But, I mean, we do know that Bigfoot is an intelligent creature Mm -hmm. because we all the sightings of Bigfoot sign that it makes, tree, tree, tree knocks, yep. tree knocks, vocalization, yeah. And then another one you got is the Higabon. It's a Japanese Sasquatch. Not a whole lot about it. Um, Hibayama, it's found mostly in the Hibayama Mountains of Hiroshima. Think about here, um, Hiroshima. That could be a mutation. True. Because of us dropping the bomb on them. That could be. Because from what we have on this, you don't have a timeline here. No. Like we do with some of them. And Japanese, as you know, are big on keeping records. Yes, they are. Let's see. Basically, you got uh, the wild man of China. Yep. Uh, it's described as six feet tall, completely covered with hair except for the knees and hands and face. It says it walks on two legs and is reportedly seen both solitary and moving in small clans. There. See, there it goes. Okay, that picture looks like a monkey. Yeah, the orangutan. Yeah. Uh, 
Sinatra, and, Sasquatch. I mean. And I mean, there's a lot of people that have actually gone looking for their orangutan deck. Um, but nobody has ever gotten a picture. Right. I mean, it's said to be between three and five feet tall. Right. Covered with short, dark hair with a thick, bushy mane. That's why I said it looked like a monkey with a... Yeah, it could be a subspecies of chimpanzee. So, that's... That's about... But I'll tell you, if I am out hunting, and there are... I'm going to say this. There are some states that actually have... um, um, protection against unknown creatures. Right. Mississippi is not one of them. So if I'm out hunting and I quote unquote glimpse this, yeah, I'm going to give a warning. I'm going to yell out if I happen to see something like this. Hey, you in the monkey suit, speak up. And if they don't, might be the first evidence we ever have. <laughs> Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not opposed to getting to shooting. I'm not. Right. And I know a lot of our viewers will probably go, well, that's inhumane. That's just cruel. But that would actually lay credence to all this. Yeah, there's a drawback. If somebody doesn't answer and someone accidentally gets shot, yeah, I would feel bad. But at the same time, on the other hand, if it's an actual creature, there you go. Right. I mean, you, know, you can't be like some of these, like, quote-unquote, shows that go after Bigfoot, setting traps and stuff. They've never caught one in a trap. Right. But apparently it goes in the traps. So either their traps suck or... Yeah, there was, there was one I was watching where they were putting out... Um, Gorilla ape scent, unlike the scent wafers. Yeah. They were putting those out to mimic uh, ape smell. They were putting out game cameras. But here's the question. And I'm saying this from a hunter's point of view. And you'll, you'll know what I'm saying. If right. there, also, if there's any hunters listening. If you're going to put out stuff like this, you need to descent your cameras. Most time you see them putting these cameras out, they're not wearing gloves on their hands, like latex gloves to cover up the human scent. After they hang it with their bare hand, they're not spraying it down with descent. Right. If they're hanging the ape smell, scent wafers, they're not. They're not uh, descending the area either. They're walking out there all sweaty, and everything, hanging these things trying to lure something in if you're going to do that descent everything that way okay he can smell your scent yeah and if he's actually out there he's watching you do all this so he knows what you're doing i'm gonna kill it we've got a wasp in our studio comes any closer i'll get it (laughs) This thing has been driving us crazy all episode. And, um, you know, 
I'll just say this. If, if you're going to go out setting traps and stuff for this thing, decent what you're doing, you know. But that's just me from a hunter's point of view. Go ahead. That's really, I mean, all I got for that's this it. episode. I mean, okay. there's other names, you know. You got the Rougarou, uh, which people in Louisiana. Yep. The Cajun people. They say it's a Bigfoot type creature, but it's also a shapeshifter. So I mean, that goes back to Wendigo, right? So, so, who knows? Yeah, but I mean, it's been a pretty good episode. We got a lot of information out to you guys. Uh, if you guys come across any information, you know, go ahead and shoot us an email. Yep. Uh, Mainstream Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. We will read all emails. And if you want us to, we'll even read your email over the podcast as a um, question, answer, podcast itself. Right, yeah. I mean, we're always looking for new new stuff. Yeah. Um, So if you guys want to do a a story-type podcast, you know, where you guys call in or just shoot us an email with... uh, your story your stories I think um, you can even send us a video of your story um, through the email yeah and because um, uh, I know a lot of people are afraid you know they don't want to, their voice getting out they don't want their names being put out you know kind of yeah. comes back to you know people believing or not believing the paranormal yep. um, I mean we're, we before we got into this we were the same way we didn't want to be ridiculed we didn't want people to think we're crazy. We don't want people thinking, hey, they're just, you know, stupid and making fun and jokes and stuff like that. But for the truth to get out there, you've got to step up. Right. Um, if you have an experience or something and you don't want to tell anybody because you're afraid of those issues, if you do not want your name mentioned, we will not mention your name. We will keep that totally anonymous. Um, if you want us to read us to read your story, send it to us. Don't you know? If you got pictures and etc., send us pictures, and we won't read your name unless you want us to. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we decided to you know we're doing Twitter and all that stuff yep. now too. If you feel comfortable, I mean, you can shoot us a, a, something on Twitter. Twitter, uh, it's at mainstream para. M A I N S T R E A M P A R A 1. The number one. Okay. Or just search Mainstream Paranormal. And we're also on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Start, started that. We're fixing to do uh, YouTube uh, video blogs. Yeah. Um, or vlogs, as they call it. And um, we'll read all comments. We'll answer all comments as fast as we can. Right now, with everybody being quarantined, and I hope everybody's staying safe and indoors, um, we should be able to get them read and answered pretty quick. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, if you guys have anything, send it to us. Um, And we all hope, again, that you stay safe, stay indoors, and... uh, Hopefully, all this will be over soon. Yep. So, um, that, that's all I've got. That's all I got. All right. So, uh, 
Close out like we always do. All right. So I'm Merle. I'm Larry. See you on the other side.